Global supply chain and logistics industry leaders gather, connect, and exchange ideas at IHS Market's annual TPM conference organized by the JOC. In our new podcast series, Beyond TPM, we keep those conversations going, taking a deep dive into critical, rapidly evolving topics and the insights uncovered this year at TPM 21. I'm Alessandra Barrett, the JOC's Senior Editor for Special Projects. Today I'm joined by Dr. Noel Hasegaba, Deputy Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer at Southern California's Port of Long Beach. It's great to reconnect here, Noel. Thanks for having me, Alessandra. Always a pleasure to join you. Well, for the last decade, just about, you and I have a pretty solid tradition of sitting down for a video interview at least once a year at one of the JOC conferences, checking in on the state of things at the port. And obviously, it's been a while since we've done that. So looking back on how the port has weathered the challenges of the pandemic's impact on the supply chain and Southern California specifically, what is your biggest takeaway or perhaps lesson learned? And what a year it's been, Alessandra. I, I think there were a lot of lessons learned from what we all experienced together as an industry. Uh, let me begin with the impact because we have had market disruptions in the past, but typically market disruptions uh, target a segment in the supply chain. The pandemic had the effect of impacting the entire supply chain in, in one shot, whether it was the supply side or the demand side from a U.S. market perspective the entire supply chain was was impacted all at one time. And really at the time, we had to come together as an industry to help meet the urgent needs of, of, of our country and, and the pandemic uh, heightened needs for PPE, uh, medical supplies, and anything that was COVID-19 related. So we had to come together as an industry to prioritize those containers, for example, expedite them and get them to where they were most needed. And I think the fact that we were able to do that, the shippers, the marine terminal operators, the shipping lines, the port authority, how we were able to come together to expedite those containers shows the great potential of collaboration. And I think going forward, um, these uh, experiences are gonna help inform how we approach um, surges um, and, and any type of market disruptions in the future. To your point about collaboration, when it comes to disruption, the port sits in a strategic spot. I mean, you can't control the individual players or elements, but you do have the power to facilitate conversations. And Long Beach has certainly been a driving force in identifying and implementing solutions over the years. With the global grip of COVID still certainly quite real and uh, supply chains still on a knife's edge, as uh, Bill Cassidy, our senior editor, said in a, an article this week, not to mention uh, inventory to sales ratio is quite low and record import volumes that we've been seeing for months. Uh, they're projected to remain high for the rest of the year. So what are your thoughts on what the port can do to bring everyone together to help facilitate a solution before peak season imports begin arriving in July? Well, there's no question that the surge that we're still in the process of handling is, is historic and is of historic proportions and the effect uh, has been felt across the supply chain. I think it's important to note that in addition to the to the massive volume that came all at once was the sudden shift. Uh, when you look at 2020, you'll note that the first half of the year, we were posting record blank sailings. Uh, we were 
seeing double digit declines. Uh, there was a lot of doom and gloom, but then on the term of a dime, it became fast and furious. And that sudden shift really caught the uh, supply chain off guard. And so that was one thing that we were gonna have to learn going forward is, is how to be more resilient, how to be more agile, and how to be more responsive. And so that's what we've been doing as a port authority, working with our supply chain partners to help move containers off our terminals as quickly as possible. And so here we are in mid-May, How's it going? The good news is that at the peak of 40 container ships at Anchorage, Destin Port Terminals in Los Angeles and Long Beach is down to high teens. And we're very confident that in the coming weeks, we're going to be able to dig ourselves um, out of this hole that was induced by the pandemic. But it's going to take a lot more collaboration, Alessandra. And the good news is that we've been able to demonstrate that uh, over the past year. I mentioned a moment ago how we came together to expedite containers carrying PPE and COVID-19 related medical supplies. Uh, we also partnered with our marine terminal operators, for example, to uh, dramatically increase the number of dual transactions, uh, which uh, is the capstone of efficiency as it relates to truck operations. It means that when a truck enters the port, it picks up a load while at the same time dropping off an outbound load. And, and that really reduces the number of trips it, it condenses the time for those containers to um, switch from inbound to outbound. And our terminals are posting remarkable numbers. In fact, uh, one of our terminals is approaching nearly 80% of all their tr truck transactions are dual transaction. And, and our others are not very far behind. So that's another example of how we came together with our partners to make sure that we're doing our part to make a dent on this surge. With an eye on improving fluidity, what about the overflow facility at PRS? The, the temporary staging site that we call STORE, which stands for the Short-Term Overflow Resource, and it's located at PRS. And what that does, Alessandra, is that it gives our terminals some breathing room uh, by allowing containers on terminal to quickly be dispatched to this uh, terminal site within the Harbor District. Uh, these 40 acres have been extremely helpful in helping to provide the relief to our terminals that they need. And it's been extremely helpful to our shippers to give them the flexibility they need. Uh, one of the impacts or one of the effects of the pandemic is that our warehouses and distribution centers, uh, their capacities have been impacted with new health orders, with new uh, social distancing requirements. And so their limited capacity is rippling upstream. We're doing everything that we can. We are literally working around the clock. Our terminals are maximizing gate hours. Uh, they're open day and night. Our dock workers are masking up and they're showing up to work and they never stop, even at the height of the pandemic. We're very pleased that uh, most of our uh, dock workers are now in the process of being vaccinated. Uh, that's gonna ensure business continuity on the waterfront and on the docks. And uh, everything's coming together. I mean, obviously, uh, we've had to endure a, a record surge, but the future is bright. Uh, we can see light at the end of the tunnel, and in the coming weeks, uh, we're going to be able to clear the backlog and make sure that uh, the system is back to full resumption of activity and operations. So looking ahead at the next few months, as we get into summer and move into peak season, it feels like we've been through so much this last year and there have been so many changes that have actually been good for operations in a way, learning to work together in new and creative ways. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic that that will have a lasting impact. 
maybe the conversation will be different going forward every year in the lead up to peak season. Having been through so many years of peak seasons yourself with their own disruptions and challenges, if you look at this year as almost a fresh start, a clean slate, what do you think is going to differentiate this peak season or, or rather this approach to peak season? Alessandro, that, that's an excellent question because it speaks to the lessons learned uh, coming off this extraordinary year. And we thought we had seen a perfect storm uh, during past disruptions and nothing could have prepared us uh, for the test uh, that, that COVID introduced into the supply chain. But the good news is that we, we demonstrated our resilience. We came together as an industry and going forward, that's gonna continue to be critical. Uh, the only way for us to be able to handle more cargo, grow our market, and ensure that our supply chain is meeting the needs of, of our shipper customers is we have to demonstrate uh, that collaboration. If 2020 was the year of collaboration, 2021 is going to be the year of recovery. But in order to achieve recovery, we're going to have to come together again. And the one constant theme uh, throughout this whole experience has been the need for visibility the need for information sharing, the need for the different segments of the supply chain to look outside their respective domains and view themselves as a piece in a broader system and thinking about what the other segments need from us to make sure that that container flows seamlessly through supply chain. So I think 2021 is, is gonna be the year of recovery and how we get there is by building on the collaboration that we were able to forge in 2020. That's what's going to prepare us, Alessandra, for the next peak season. That's what's going to prepare us for the next cargo surge. Um, what we saw in 2020 was a lot of these peaks and valleys that we were accustomed to um, transition quickly into this, this continual wave of cargo. And I think that with uh, some of the trends that were put in place by COVID, whether it's um, online shopping, uh, curbside shopping, and shippers now having to amass more inventory and position that closer to the end consumer, we may see more of a continual wave of cargo as opposed to the, to the traditional peaks and valleys. So it remains to be seen what uh, will come out of this uh, going forward. But the one thing I can tell you is that the only way we as a supply chain will be able to be prepared so that we can handle uh, the surge in whatever form it comes is we have to come together. We have to continue to collaborate build on that collaboration that we forged last year and continue to work together to deliver value to our to our customers. What's your biggest frustration right now? To my earlier point about the port being in a unique position, you know, the flip side of that is that it brings the challenge of being a bit hamstrung. There's only so much you can do. So I guess what's been the biggest challenge for from your side when you have to respond to complaints? Why aren't you doing enough? Why aren't you doing more? You know, my, my greatest frustration, Alessandra, is sitting where I, I, I am in the supply chain and having visibility into the broader supply chain and recognizing uh, the pain points, uh, hearing from the customers directly about what they're managing through and not having the ability to do anything. I mean, so many issues that come up are out of our control. Uh, it's not within our jurisdiction or authority. Having said that, we feel it's our responsibility as a port authority 
to serve the, the role of a, a conductor. I mean, I, I liken the supply chain to an orchestra. And we've got the brass section, we've got the string section, uh, we've got the, um, the percussion section. And the job of the conductor is to make sure that the different sections are, are playing along the same sheet of music. And we use our influence, uh, we use our authority to get everyone on the same page, uh, work with each segment of the supply chain and make sure they're doing their part uh, to ensure that that voyage of that container across the supply chain is as seamless and efficient as possible. But it is a frustration of mine that sometimes we just, uh, things that, that need to change are entirely out of our control, but even when they are, uh, as I've mentioned, we do like to think outside the box. Uh, we do view ourselves as innovative, and that's what we need going forward. We need creative thinking. We need innovation. We need to try new things, and we need to build on the collaboration that we forged during 2020 when we had to come together to respond to the impacts of COVID. What's your outlook for 2021? I will answer your question in two ways. Uh, from a cargo volume standpoint, uh, 2021 is shaping out to be a solid year. Uh, 2020 for the Port of Long Beach was a record year, and it's surprising to say that given what our outlook looked uh, at the beginning of 2020. It was very bleak. Um, but as the year progressed and the cargo surge commenced, we actually ended the year with um, 8.1 million TU, which is our highest on record. 2021 will not be as strong, but our outlook puts us at around 8 million TU, just below our record year last year. That's the good news. Where we are focused right now, Alessandra, is on looking for ways to handle the surge that we're still in, anticipating that there may be another peak uh, for the holiday months, and looking at these 8 million TU and how we're going to handle them. I think the supply chain uh, was slow to respond to the sudden shift in cargo that we saw at the beginning of July last year. And the supply chain has come around and we're, we're doing a better job of handling the surge, but the surge truly overwhelmed the system. I think for the balance of 2021, uh, we're gonna have to come together and truly share information, uh, enhance visibility across the supply chain um, try innovative solutions, apply innovative solutions, and do our best to continue to collaborate with each other. And again, view ourselves as part of a broader system and think about what the other segments in the supply chain need from us to ensure a seamless voyage of that container across the end-to-end -end supply chain. Could you reflect back on how you viewed the industry five to 10 years ago? If we had been talking about potential areas for growth on the horizon. How would that answer your outlook on what's exciting about where we're going as an industry? How would that differ from what you foresee now? If you would have asked me five years ago what I anticipated as something exciting that um, was coming to our industry, I probably would have said all the advances in technology. And certainly technology has its place in helping our industry uh, actualize and step up uh, to the needs of our, our shippers. Uh, but technology in and of itself is simply a tool. Uh, it becomes a solution when it is properly and adequately integrated into the network, into the operations, 
and into the end-to-end supply chain. And I think recent challenges, such as this pandemic that we all had to manage through, is a good example of how some disruption has forced us to become more uh, smart in how we apply technology and, and how we integrate into the operations. But what's interesting about that, as I think back, Alessandra, is even more important than technology is the human part of it. It's the relationship, it's, it's, it's the communication, it's the collaboration, it's the coordination, it's, it's the human glue. That's really what brings the supply chain together. And we can talk technology all day, but the human glue has to be part of it. And if there's anything the pandemic has taught us, it's the importance of relying on the collaboration between supply chain segments to ensure that that voyage of that container um, across the supply chain is seamless. Um, that's what we learned when we had to expedite PPE and COVID-19 related uh, medical supplies. Uh, we had to rely on that human glue. Uh, we had to rely on those relationships. So I think going forward, what's going to be exciting about our industry is how we come together more seamlessly um, on an integrated fashion and rely on technology to help us get there. Could you stay on that point for a minute? The intersection of the human element and technology. How has the tenor of the conversation around that human element, how has that changed? I think five years ago, the focus was on how we were going to handle the the new alliances. Uh, with ships scaling up and having more capacity and the shipping lines entering into these massive alliances, talk was all about how are we going to come together as an industry to manage this this added complexity of alliances where cargo is distributed across different networks of, of ships? And at the time, uh, I think a lot of the focus was on operating systems, on um, procedures, protocols, if you will. And that required a lot of human interaction. Um, but I think what the pandemic has taught us is that we have to go beyond the, the technical, uh, we need to come together strategically as a supply chain to think about the future. And as was the theme of this most recent TPM conference, redefine the future together. Uh, that's the only way we're going to be able to uh, tackle challenges that hit our supply chain in the future. That's the only way we're going to be able to be uh, more successful and deliver greater value to our end customer. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks again for your time, Noel. My pleasure, Alessandra. Take care. Beyond TPM is a production of the JOC, part of the Maritime and Trade Division of IHS Market. For more news, analysis, and business intelligence for all things shipping and logistics, visit JOC.com and follow us on social media.